Kreuzio, and welcome to Cardiff Referee Society's November podcast. Tonight's guest speaker is Ray Ellenham, who is also the Society's president. There's actually people in this room, I don't actually know who you are, which I find is quite... Sounds like my wife. Yeah, but for those of you who don't know Ray, it's an imagine to be a few of you Ray moved to Wales in 1995. What? What was it? 1991. Gee, that's how long ago it was. And I first met Ray when he refereed Woodchurch and AFC New Croydon in about 1994. Might be 91 actually. No, 94. 94, I first met Ray, before you were born. Look, there we are. <laughs> and at the time, I, I, was just, I was just flirting with the idea of becoming a referee right, at the time, a long time ago. Ray inspired me. I watched Ray referee that day. Right? Ray inspired me to be a referee because he opened up. I went paid. I went going to sign the team sheet, and in his bag, his little box, he had a blue FIFA patch. Right? I never forget that Ray. And I never say to Ray. I said, if I had that patch, I'd wear the bed. Never say that to him. And from that day, I wanted to referee like him. I'd never referee like him. Certainly, could never run like him. <laughs> <laughs> but. Ray was, when he first moved to Wales, I'm right, Ray came off the Football League line at the time. So Ray was a Football League linesman in England. Relocated to Wales through work and very soon became the top referee in Wales. And I mean, he was the top referee by a mile. Like, there was no one close to Ray in his prime as a referee. And, he won my, and people who work with Ray will tell you that he was the number one referee in Wales. <clears throat> he had the respect of every club. And every, well, a majority, even Lloyd Williams in the end, when he came to like him, and Ken McKenna, he had the respect of the majority of the coaches, players, and spectators in Wales. And he was absolutely fantastic to work with. At the end of his days, he became the National Referees Manager for a few years and progressed for his thoughts for want of a better word in football. And we are so fortunate to have access to Ray this society. I cannot tell you how lucky we are to be able to get Ray in once a season to do a little presentation. So without no further ado, Ray, the floor is yours. Association football are put together by 
the IFAB committee. Now, uh, three years ago, uh, IFAB in the past used to be quite a secretive group where no one really knew what went on. And there was just uh, basically nine people on the committee. But now the committee has been extended, so we have two advisory panels. Football advisory panel, lovely known as FAP, and they are basically ex-players uh, who have played at a very good level. You can see there <coughs> they come from all over the world. AFC, CONCACAF, Commonwealth, OFC, UEFA. They are the organisations that make the go up FIFA. Obviously, we're, we're part of UEFA, the, the European Union. You see some of the names there. I mean, one probably everybody knows is Luis Figo. Uh, and the players from uh, Nagataka is the world, is the uh, most catch for Japan. Many who plays for Iran apparently scored nearly 200 international goals. Well, obviously, I don't know where he was playing. And then you'll see there uh, the IFAB, there's two ways. One name there, Shell Foster from Wales. Uh, Shell. Shell was a really good. Uh, advocate of, of refereeing, not only in the, in the women's game but in general. Cheryl won 63 caps playing centre forward for Wales and made the transition into uh, a, one of the, probably the top 15 women now in, in UEFA. And you know, hopefully things are going to go well with that. Shelley Kerr is the current manager of the, the Scotland ladies team as well. So these are the people who make up the uh, the football advisory panel. Then we have the tap panel. We don't do dancing, but these are the tap panel. And what you'll see there, the, these are the heads of refereeing of the AFC, CAF, CONCACAF, Commonwealth, OFC. Seychelles, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was and my old uh, swimming teacher. Really? My, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So you've got there, and then you've also got the IFAB TSC, which is Technical Subcommittee, and then there's, was it, two, four, six, seven of us sit on there. Now these, what these are made up of, are, these are the refereeing experts, so these have all been uh, top referees in their confederation at the time, and so the, these are the ones that basically, the TSC, you'll see the seven names there, we discuss start with the, the law changes that come in. Uh, law changes are sent to us by members of the public, by referees, and also we also have our, our own ideas. So it's quite a uh, novel way how we do it. We run the changes by the tech advisory panel, then the football advisory panel get involved because if we want to change a law, for instance there was talk about changing the law surrounding penalty kicks last year and the problems that referees have with encroachment, which is very difficult to, uh, to look at. If you consider that 98% of football that's played in the world is played without assistant referees. So we're very conscious of any law changes covers junior grassroots football as well. So one of the things that was suggested was that when the penalty kick was taken, if the goalkeeper saved it, or it hit the crossbar or goalpost, the penalty kick was over. So that would stop worrying about encroachment. The technical advisory panel thought it was quite a good idea. We took it to the football panel, we said it was crazy and it would spoil football, so we didn't go with it. We still may, it still may come. So there's lots of law changes that we discuss and never actually make uh, the light of day. This is just a little bit about what I found does, been founded 1886. Uh, you know, if you think we're very, very lucky as a nation to be sitting on the top table of world football, and uh, it's something that you know we, we, we should be proud of, and it's something that we need to cherish as well because it's uh, we're very, very lucky. If you think that the footballing giants, you say like Italy, Germany, don't have a say. So it's, we're, we're very, very lucky to have that. Okay. That's just how the uh, committees are made up. You've got the General Assembly, Board of Directors. Uh, they are 
the chief executives, so we've got uh, Jonathan Ford from, from Wales is on there, a bit of support for the technical subcommittee which I sit on, advisory panels there. So you see. And then the process then, <coughs> this is how things work. So this is how we, we get to the point whenever we make a law change. Proposal comes in, it goes into, into TAP, discussed at the ABM, which is the business meeting, which is in Belfast in two weeks' time, which I'm attending. TSC rubber stamp it, goes to the AGM. So you see it just goes all, all the way round. If you think we started talking about VAR at IFAB about <coughs> five, five seasons ago, so it shows you how long things go. There's a lot of things that we would have. Uh, for instance, the fourth sub in extra time, that's a two-year experiment. Uh, the dog zone, where of course it's yellow card, we, that was, although it was put into the laws of the game uh, two years ago, it was actually an experiment. So it wasn't actually set in stone, but it is now, and I think that's a, a law that's worked really, really well. Uh, VAR, we, you know, I, I could talk here for a fortnight about VAR. So these are the things that uh, we've done recently, uh, introduction of goal-line technology, additional assistant referees, they seem to be on the way out now. Uh, the biggest ever revision of the laws of the game, 2016 we made 93 law changes, reduced the number of words in the laws of the game book by 11,500, and it's still quite big now. Uh, IFAB was founded as an independent associate administration away from from FIFA on that. These are the EPTS, which is for the players, electronic tracking system, removal of the triple punishment, introduction of fair play, approval of VARs, and introduction of the laws of the game mobile app. And obviously the updated handball law, which is clear as anything now. But we're still discussing. Okay, so that's basically um, I'll tell you something else I want to think. That's basically what we do we do in IFAB. Uh, we're working on fair play initiatives and they are things that obviously we're we're very conscious of respecting the game and how difficult it is for everybody, even more so at grassroots level, because you're on your own, uh, it's very difficult to control. The higher you get up refereeing, the less problems there are, I believe, in terms of player management, because even, you know, you, you look at the Welsh Prem at the moment, every game is has a camera, we have one game televised every week, so there's a lot more security for you as referees. A bit more difficult, because you get observed every game on Tier 1, and the cameras are there, so there's a lot of TV reviews that, that we have. Uh, another thing about fair play is, is discussion with, should we give captains more more authority to talk to, to referees, should the captain be the only person who talks to the referee. Uh, there's a big thing now about mobbing, especially in European football, where we say mobbing of the referee, more than three players crowd around the referees, that's classed as a mobbing, and UEFA and the Welsh Premier League expect a minimum of one yellow card. Okay, so we had a very interesting incident in the, the game of Kevin Drew and Barry on Saturday where a player correctly got sent off. The referee was surrounded by six Barry Town players. Should have, should have issued caution. So it's, it's something that, you know, and you can do that anyway to have, 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 have control. Uh, one of the things that was uh, is on the agenda to discuss in January's meeting is sim bins. Uh, at present, we don't operate sim bins in Wales only in Bucks football, in University football on Wednesday afternoon, of which I'll still have a little run around that. Uh, because it comes under the English system, Bucks football, it's, it's, it's being used in games. So I done a game uh, about four Wednesdays ago, and it was Cardiff University 6th, so I get all the good games, against Hartbury 4th. And then I didn't actually use the sim bin, I threatened one player with it, and it was amazing. So, one of, it's my proposal that uh, we introduce it into, into Welsh football at Tier 5, which I think 
tier five and down. That's it. The way it works, if the player shows, it's only for descent. The player shows descent, it goes off the field and plays ten minutes, and it's much more of a deterrent than a ten pound fine. If anyone's doing Cardiff City, they need these reserves. Yeah, and Cardiff City, so yeah, you're right. We live playing in the yeah. English system, so we have yeah. things as well. It, it was quite, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, hopefully we're getting a green light for that to be actually in Wales. But it's at the uh, discretion of the leagues. So it will go down to tier five, so hopefully the majority of the leagues will, will, will do it. The only and it's not a downside, but maybe the administrators of some leagues may look at that as, well, sorry, not the, the leagues, but the area of associations. Every time a player gets cautioned to descent, they get £10. But, if you, but now you have sin bins, they don't get money. But hopefully that will not come into the, into the equation on that. So that's something weird that may well come into games in, in Wales next year. Is that going to be the blue? No, it's, you still show the yellow card. Still a yellow card, uh, and then they go sit down for ten minutes. Because if, if you if you send someone off for descent after the 80th minute, the team play with ten men. They can have two sim bins for the same player, but that player doesn't come back on. But you can use a sub. Okay. I mean, if if we do go down the route, uh, the, the the guidelines are quite easy, and we can cover it in the August meeting if, if it happens. So. Thank you. 
might be a direct result. But that's one of the things under, under discussion. A lot of bit about concussion. There's a big thing about concussion at the moment and, and the laws surrounding that. So, you know, because we've done so many changes over the last three or four years, it will be minimal. Right? It will be minimal. It's only fair for you guys and girls that just can't keep changing the laws of the game forever and a day. And what we don't like doing is change. We, we want to be proactive rather than reactive. I mean, you talk about the VAR, there are issues with VAR in how they're operated in, in England at the moment because the referees don't go to the on-field uh, on monitor, but you know, at the moment that doesn't affect us. VAR in Wales is being discussed because we feel that if we want to stay on IFAB and be a you know, genuine sort of voice on there, we should, even, we should look at implementing VAR at some, some of our games. It's impossible at the moment for every game in the, in the Welsh Premier League, maybe when we get to semi-finals and finals and cups. But it's a long process. It takes about two years from start to finish. Uh, in the working so who knows? Hopefully we will. Just quickly about the restructuring in Wales and what, what it means for, for everybody. Uh, obviously, we've always had the, the Welsh Premier League since 1991, 1992. And the two well, the feeder leagues, the Welsh League, Cumbria Alliance, Welsh League South, Cumbria Alliance North, were run outside the FAW. So they were run by their own committees, by their own league, by people who volunteer, put a lot of, a lot of work in. But there was such an imbalance between the two leagues. So the FAW, in my opinion, made the correct move. And for this season, they brought the Tier 2 football under, under the banner of the FAW. Now, what that means is that the clubs come under the licensing laws, so they all have to have, I think, at least 100 seats at all their stadiums. Uh, they have to, uh, obviously the grounds have to be of a certain standard. Uh, it also then means that all the match officials are appointed by the FAW, so all the referees in Tier 1 and Tier 2 are appointed by the FAW. And I think one of the, the biggest changes for the betterment of the game is that the specialist assistance list now goes down to tier two. So the FAW now appoint the specialist assistance as well, wherever possible. And no disrespect to the older people in the game, because we need them, but last year at times, a referee who was up for promotion for, for tier one, say that, who got his tier two? Who got his tier two? Ron Gosling, for instance. Last year, he could referee a game at... Uh, uh, and he could have two seventy-year-olds on the line. Now that's not right for that level of football. There is a place for them, without a doubt, not a tier two run the line. So that's a real positive. What will happen next year is that tier three and tier four will also come under the FAW. Now it's hoped that the old Welsh League Division Three, which is now Welsh League Division Two, will have assistant referees back on there next year. Still an issue with the reserve division and everything. But even the likes of the Welsh Alliance League now, that would also come under the FAW. So it's, it just makes everything better. You know, there's a lot of talk about why do the clubs at Tier 2 need 100 seats when they only get 30 or 40 people watching them? My argument back to that is, is that it just makes it a better experience for people to watch football. You know, rather than, I mean, you look, you know, STM have done a lot of work at their ground. Really have done a lot of work, you know, and it's, it's fantastic. You look at loads of clubs in Gwent, Pumbrand, Selby, Andy, you know, where before you had a wickety old stand where you could sit. You know, Andy is a fantastic example. The pitch is absolutely quality. Yeah, it's a nice stand, so all, all the clubs, you know, it used to be, you know, I think it's a, it's a real positive thing. So, you know, and it makes it, there is a clear pathway now for referees to get to, to that level. Uh, you know, I'll cover recruitment and retention of our <coughs> referees. We've got referees in this society who are on the uh, development groups. Uh, the development groups are funded by UEFA, but run by the FAW. They're not run by UEFA. Some of the areas seem to think that it's the UEFA development group, but it's the area development group. 
could we try and get some money to help develop the referees? It's very difficult for us because although we're a small country, we're spread geographically all over. If you take, uh, I was working with an observer in Italy who was from Armenia. Now, Armenia, you could say, is a similar sized country to, to Wales. 95% of the referees are based in the capital of Europe. It's the same in Azerbaijan. 95% of the referees are based in Baku. So they have training sessions every week. Do you think how good it was if we had hundred of our all our referees? So if we had 500 referees and 200 were based in Cardiff, you'd be having training sessions. You'd be training every, every you know, be training twice a week, and that that would be brilliant. You know, so. You know, what I would like to see, maybe if we ever, if we ever get to that point, have regional training. And I think that's something that we need to, to try. We're saying I oh, will be, we'll be trying, trying to push for that. Uh, the recruitment and retention of, of referees is a the recruitment of referees is not a problem. You know, because every year we get through about 250 referees, but on the flip side, we lose about the same. So we run at about 1,200 registered referees, okay, which is more than enough to cover every game in Wales. But we all know that I'm a registered referee, but I referee only on a Wednesday when I'm in the country. So I'm not really a, I'm a figure rather than I'm just a number, but I don't referee. There's people in this room who referee maybe someone three times a weekend. So, you know, it's a bit of a this number where we've got 1,200 referees to, to register, to, to register but not, not available. Uh, so the, the recruitment is fine. Uh, one of the things that I did do uh, when I was referees manager was to change the whole process of how referees go through the, uh, the training process. Because we've got people in this room, I think, who have done the online course, and people have gone through the old course. Now the old course was uh, eight weeks, two hours every so on a Monday night in a room like this, the instructor of which I was one would stand up and we would talk for two hours about certain laws and you have a written exam at the end. <coughs> there was nothing wrong with it at the time, but uh, we all live different lives now. And what we felt was trying to commit someone to come to a, a meeting two hours for eight weeks was nearly impossible. People, a lot of youngsters were relying on their parents to get to the, to the meeting. So I basically nicked the idea of the English FA where they do online courses. So uh, we all know now, I will explain that if you register for the online course, it is £80, I'll cover that in a minute. For that you get a free kit and some equipment. You can do the online course in the comfort of your home, the exam is online as well at the end. But then once you, you get, once you do the exam, you get an immediate pass or fail, comes up on your computer, and then you'll be contacted then to attend a day or three or four hour session in your local area, where you've got one of the Welsh Prem referees or assistant referees will go through some on-field scenarios. Which, you know, it's not going to work very well. We felt we gave access to to more, more people. Uh, if I'm honest, it's worked better in some areas than others. South Wales FA are very proactive. Very, it's a, you know, we can all moan about area associations, but I think we're lucky where we are. South Wales FA fully support the initiatives that we do at the FA. There is a slight issue uh, for doing the exam in Welsh. You've done yours in Welsh, yeah, that's remember. So we done we done a pilot a few years ago. Teddy done he's in Alan Boyd done the thing. We we actually done the whole course in Welsh. So there is talk that we're trying to get the online course in, in Welsh language, which we think may help the North based people. So that, that's one of the things we're looking at. It's not cheap. It's something that if we want the numbers, we we, we need to do. Uh, so that that's that's working well. Uh, retention is is, is is a problem. Uh, is something that was spoke about at the last referees meeting. The referees department in Wales, if we can call it a department, is 
Phil Thomas is the referee's manager. Phil's responsible for all the appointments of Tier 1, Tier 2, uh, all the National Cup competitions as far down as the under-16 girls, the women's prem, he does. Then there's uh, the, the development league is done by Paul Fisher on a honorarium. The recruitment and retention officer is John Bryan. Okay, I'll come back to him in a minute. I look after the elite referees, so I look after 15 referees. Okay, that's my, my role now at the moment. Ten hours a week I'm contracting for. And I look after all the, all the assessments, all the coaching, all the, everybody, the six referees who do the game at the weekend, they get a phone call from me Thursday and Friday once they receive their report. Uh, we have an observer manager who does the observer appointments tier one and two. That's on an honorarium basis. So the only full-time person in the referee department is Phil Thomas. If the FAW is serious about bucking the trend and getting more referees in, we need a full-time, either full-time recruitment retention or a full-time assistant to help. That's what you know, and I think that would be a massive start where we then go into higher education, into the, into the, into the schools, into the colleges, universities. You know, there's been, we're trying to do, uh, there's been a lot of initiatives to get more women into the game. You know, their courses just run just by women. You know, the three ladies we got on the FIFA panel, you know, are absolutely flying. Cheryl, Laura, and Kerry Louise Williams. You know, Laura's just come back from a, a specialist assistant referees course in, in Neon in UEFA, which is the shortlist for the European Championships. Cheryl is, you know, hopefully fingers crossed she'll be there. But we've got the three, we've got another one, and then, you know, we need more ladies, you know, and that's the thing. And, you know, we talk about opportunities for in the men's game, in the women's game, it's not, you know, Cheryl went from playing to the top tier of men's football in Wales in five seasons. Being possible in the men's game. You know, and hanging on to a co two coattails and the two girls. You know, we've got another one who's, a, who's another good. But, you know, we know it's like, the, you know, it's, it's not just ability, you've got all of us. You know, a lot of us have got fantastic ability of refereeing, but we've got to, we've got to try and do, you know, we've got to look apart and things like that. It's all a part of the game. But, you know, one of the things we need to, to really concentrate on is uh, the recruitment and retention of referees. We don't want to talk about it, but I think it's important that we, you know, we, we don't go in there you know, thinking everything's going to be fine. You know, there was many a times when I started out referee and I threw my bag in the corner and said, I'm never going to do it again. You know, and I can still remember my first game at, at, at 17 and uh, you know, 40, nearly 42 years ago, where I passed the exam. On, we we done our exam on uh, we've done the offside situations on a Sabutio pitch now that the game. And then the bloke will put something there, so he's the offside position now, he's flicking the ball and everything. And I remember passing the exam on the Thursday, on the Saturday, I refereed in the Gravesend of District League. And on the morning of the game, uh, a, chap up, a chap called Roland, a bit like Roger, looked after all the youngsters in the, in the so he came round with my kit that was a hand me and I actually put the collars and cuffs on the kit. And he said to me, make sure, young man, that you have white laces and about five inches of white showing on the yeah. top. You know, and, and this is how the, the game has changed. And I remember that my first game, I, I wore the whistle out, because every time I wore it out, I blew the whistle. And it must, I, it must be not very good, because there was one instant where the goalkeeper turned around and said to me, excuse me, you've given a corner. You know, you give it a goal kick, but I actually touched it, it should be a corner. You know, but that's 40, 42 years ago, you're not going to get that now. But, you know, it, the, the possibilities for, for everybody, you know, and, and it's, you know, I, I always say, I mean, Kevin Morgan, who was, uh, uh, well, I've seen side, but he, he was a good referee, Kevin, I think probably better than me. And he refereed the Welsh Cup, and he always used to say, you know, be, be the best you are at the level you are. 
you know, and it's very important that, you know, even in IFAB, we talk a lot about grassroots football. We don't, you know, okay, we talk about VAR, we talk about the Champions League, we talk about World Cups, but we talk a lot about grassroots football. And one of the, the law changes that was brought in this year was predominantly for grassroots football. What was that? What do we think? Substitution. No. What law have we brought in that we can control more now by use of the card? You know, before you had no halfway house. So if you're refereeing a Pontan or Trelaya, <coughs> someone gives you a bit of verbal, it was either to go over and say, don't do that again, they took no notice nine times out of ten, or you try and get them away from the field of play, they don't go, it's confrontation. Now, you just go over and they say, show me the other card. I some great clips where people jumping up and down, the referee shows the yellow card or red card. You know, we've had in the Welsh Prem this year, I think we've had about nine or ten yellow cards and two, three reds. You know, one manager was quite funny, he got cautioned last week and he went on the TV and said, I don't know why I got cautioned because I never swore the referee. But the clip was, the referee gave a decision, he done this. So whereas before, if someone does that, you're not really going to send them for it, and you, you just think, oh, I'll let them get away with it. So that, that's a really good tool to use. So that, that's one of the things that, you know, people think, oh, well, I found we just sit there and we talk about VAR. We do. You know, we spend a lot of time on VAR. When the bank, we're spending more time on it probably in the next couple of, couple of years. But there is a lot of grassroots stuff that we do. So it's, it's interesting. It is about, you know, Fourth sub and five subs. I mean, a lot of the junior games now, five subs are allowed because we don't want people playing, playing too long on that. So, that's just some of the things that we're looking at. Uh, going back to the recruitment and retention, you know, I mentioned you know, the cost is £80, so it's not cheap. Okay? But in England, the average cost of the course, Worcestershire FA, for instance, is £140. Okay? But for the eighty pounds, you do get a free kick. Okay, you get your flags and a whistle and a pen and everything. But we're looking at, you know, what initiatives can we do to get more people involved in refereeing? Do we have for a limited time no fee for the course? For it to be free, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if we're going to attract the right people. One another idea was which they do in, in lots of areas in, across the bridge, is that we charge £80, but when you do five games, you get your registration, you get your £80 back. That's something that could do. And I, I think that may be a, a better way to go. How do you manage that? Well, you know, and I think it's up to the, the referee then to maybe go in, you know, the, the FAW people, people play the way sort of thing. So that's something maybe, but I mean, you know, if people, and I know that sounds if people have got ideas and they think we could improve recruitment and retention, let us know, you know, because there may be someone out there with a fantastic idea, we're sitting there, scratching, it. not from you, Matthew. You know, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I just, it might have been in there, I don't know if anyone's going to wrong. I think the retention part of it is much harder than the recruitment part of it, because it's not it is. From a young referee's point of view, it would not appeal to me at all. And I obviously I only got into refereeing because of him. Yeah. And I knew that I always had the support. Yeah. But I mean, if I, I was on my own and I yeah. thought they're gonna send me to try on my first well, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. This is you know, and this is one of the, the things that you know, another thing we're looking at is where, you know, we've got I know I know it's difficult with with the, the local leagues as well, but the academy football. You know, for, for the youngsters, in my opinion, it's fantastic because it gives you that little bit of protection in your earlier games. And you know, it's nice if you know if it's under twelve, and you know, you get just past your exam. You want to referee up at the academy, whoever it be, Cardiff, Swansea, Wrexham, whatever, and say, Cardiff City under twelve playing Aston Villa under twelve. Yeah, just gives you that little, you know, but you know. 
you do need to move on. I mean, I remember watching Brian Gosling, Rob was with me, Brian Gosling is a tier two referee, he's coming up through, through the leagues. We went over, uh, Cole Dorcas asked me to go and we've got this young lad, he's doing well, he's a bit like that, is he going to be promoted or not? And Cole said to me, if you've got a fight, if you've got an evening which you don't watch, and I went with Rob to go Cardell in the car, I'm getting the team to work. And after about 10 minutes, there was a bit of a set to, and this bloke just headbutted, well, tried to headbutt the bum. Ron went up, fair play, about 18 at the time, to shove the red card. And there was carnage. You know, and I think if we hadn't been there, that's what does worry me at, me at times. But, having said that, you know, you've got to, and I think. It's being done right at the academy, you know, you're, you're getting your, your, your branding, a lot, a lot of you have done, and then you move up. You, you know, you can't go from the academy to senior football, you get killed, you know, like senior. So, you know, the, the Cardiff District League, Cardiff Combinations are, are the ones to grab. And to be fair, you know, and I'm not just telling you to go here, you know, they will support all the time. You know, you'll get your support off, off, off these guys at the time. And, you know, and it's good because they come to the meetings. You know, and they, they, they come to the meetings with that. But you're right. You know, it, it's you know we're looking at like mentor schemes as well. It's getting people who who want to be mentors. You know, and having or people are buddying up with people. So when you go to your first game in the Cardiff District Cardiff Combination or any level, someone will go with you. You know, and you'll, you'll be amazed that. You know, how many people finish refereeing and walk away? You look, you look at society now, you know, and, and it's where, where we were eight or nine years ago to where we are now, you know, and, but, but that's, that's refereeing societies throughout yeah. Great Britain. You know, we're going, we're still going. So, you know, I, I think it's a really good point. I mean, there's three things I, I would say is that, you know, there is an argument. Because at the moment, referees belong to the area of associations. You don't, you don't, as a referee, I'm, I know with comment now you do register with the FAW, but you actually, your registration fees goes to the areas. So I think, you know, if referees came under the umbrella of the FAW, it would make it a lot easier. Two things that, again, we're looking at is, you know, like respect the referee campaign. But there's, you know, we're not groundbreaking ones. We just see what other counties do in England and abroad. You know, there's a lot of talk about uh, they have a, they set up these little barriers around the pitch. The home team, and they've only got little picket fencing. Put it around the pitch, no one's about to enter. They have things like that, and it's like respecting the breath or whatever. I know in, uh, in Gloucestershire, they had a, a weekend initiative of silent football. Parents were not allowed to speak. Only the coaches. Yeah. And also, and I've sort of mentioned this before, but I didn't get a fantastic what about. Uh, I saw on social media today the Green Band under 18, and there's also. Uh, I think it was something like Northampton shoots up that way, or Nottinghamshire. A little different kind of shoots. Different kind of shirt. Yeah. Now, you know, someone could argue it's a bit like a target on your back if you've yes. got this, this, this shirt on. But they're, they're all little things that, you know, we want, we want to try and improve. You know, it's difficult because you, you don't expect, you know, you know, when you, when you decide to become a referee. No, you know, but having said that, you know, there are going to be games, and you see games on the TV or whatever, which are really difficult to control. But no one should go on the field and play for the safety. You might get players, you know, you might get players F and Jeff and you, and you've got the, you've got the card now. But no one should go, you know, I was lucky, I only ever happened to me once, or actually, in all my years of refereeing, where I thought, well, this, you know, I don't feel very safe here. You know, I've had games where there's been three or four red cards and that, but... No one, I never felt threatened at any time. You know, and that's concerning. I mean, and even more so with, you know, youngsters now. We don't want to use, you know, it's like we've got 